I take this opportunity one more time just to greet the body of believers of Faith Deliverance International Ministries, those who are on YouTube, those who are on Facebook Live. We greet you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Special greetings to all our visiting friends that have joined with us in worship this morning. We want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that it's not by chance why you have joined with us, but it is designed by God. It's the divine will of God that has allowed you, that has placed that desire in your heart to be with us in service this morning. And because it's divine, we believe that the Lord will have something to say to each and every one of us. Praise his wonderful name. I am so grateful for the love of God. I'm so grateful for what he has done in my life. I can speak for myself. God has forgiven me of much, washed me from my sins, and gave me an opportunity to become one of his dear children. It's a privilege to be born again. It's a privilege to be a part of the kingdom of God. Many individuals have passed through life seeking their way into God's presence and die without the revelation of Jesus. Die without knowing who he is. Many have designed their own form of religion, trying to appease their conscience and to live a moral life in this world. But I thank God for the church of Jesus Christ that he purchased with his own blood. I thank the Lord for the message of the kingdom of God, a message of repentance, a message that called men to their knees, that called men uh, to bow their hearts to the king of kings, a message that brings solution to the problems of humanity, the sin condition, the sin nature, Thank God I'm a recipient of that message. And if anything I should glory in this morning, it is to know Christ. It is to be a recipient of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The born again experience that came through the cross. Jesus dying, purchasing men with his own blood. And I'm careful this morning that my worship to him must be for real. Because this whole salvation experience, this worship of Jesus, it's a bloody environment. It's quite bloody. Every time you have a chance to call on the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is brought into remembrance. Every time you have a chance to share with somebody 
about the benefits of being a believer, the blood of Jesus is brought into remembrance. Every time you, we bow on our knees to pray to him, the blood of Jesus is brought into remembrance. Because that's the only way he stands as our high priest, making intercession for us through the blood that's sprinkled upon our conscience. And that's why this whole church experience is not an organization formed of men. It's a bloody, 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 bloody situation. Worship of Jesus Christ demands pure blood. And man could not give an answer to that. But he came into this world. Came into this world. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand with all clarity. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl will have to answer to the blood that was spilled. The man who cried out in agony on the cross that execution stake a place of shame, a, a place where it was considered to be a curse. Pure blood was shed. And even the earth refused the blood. It shook, trembled, a great earthquake. The blood of Jesus touches the ground. This morning, as I begin to reflect on the body of Christ, on the precious gift that we have been granted from above. The word of God, the word that became flesh. We are privileged this morning, quite privileged to be a part of this body. And in this body, he demands purity, demands oneness, unity, love, fellowship, and a great deal of study of the word of God. And every man will have to give an account of how we have spent our time in this world, I want us to turn this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And I don't hope to finish this message this morning. God's willing, we'll pick it back up after in our evening service. But we will begin talking about the church experience, the Jesus experience, the birth of the church, and what is the attitude of the church. And beginning of Acts chapter 2 and verse 41.
verse 40 tells us that Peter continued preaching for a long time. Quite funny. Peter continued preaching. It's the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost has fell on the 120 believers that gathered in the upper room an experience like was never seen before. The reversal of the curse at the Tower of Babel. Men begin to speak in tongues and magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost sat in them as cloven tongues of fire. And they worshiped the Lord. Men from different areas, men that spoke different languages, begin to speak in tongues and magnify the name of the Lord Jesus. Men who came to search out this great noise which was gone abroad. They heard, every man heard. Men who have received the Holy Ghost heard them and understood them in their own language. The language was not dividing them, but in this experience, it was unity. And Peter began to preach. Some believed that the church experience is a crazy experience. Whenever God gives us something from above, a miracle, a sign, it becomes an offense to humanity. Because it shows us that we are limited, shows us that we don't understand everything. And rather than bowing and seeking to understand the mysteries of God, we're quick to condemn, we're quick criticize we're quick to answer in negative terms the reason being because it shows us how limited we are and the pride of man the ego that's within has no answer to the miracles of God the signs of God the wonders of God these men are drunk they're crazy. Peter said, no, not so. Seeing it's just the third hour of the day. They can't be drunk. Nobody's serving wine at that time. This is an experience from above. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter began preaching to them about the message of Jesus Christ. How a man approved of God with many signs, wonders, working in the spirit and the power. Performed wonders and signs, but was rejected by men and was crucified. Handed over by the determinate counsel of God to be crucified for the sin of humanity. God raised him from the dead because it was not possible for death to keep him in the grave. 
came up triumphantly. Victory over death. Victory over hell. Because of that, he answered his promises he made to the believers. Granting them the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. After verse 40, Peter preaching for a very long time. That's the church experience. That's the Jesus experience. Where the mighty power of God is being demonstrated, whether it be in signs, wonder, or the word, the preach word, the taught word of the living God. Brethren, men ought to exercise patience. So preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. And we arrive at verse 41 of chapter 2 of Acts. We recognize that the message brought forth fruit. Bible tells us those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. I was a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many Miraculous signs and wonders. The apostles. And all the believers. Met together in one place. And shared everything they had. Sold their property and possessions. And shared the money with those in, the, in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in the homes of the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. That's the church experience. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It must be noted, brothers and sisters, of the experience that everyone shared in the fellowship or in the community of the believers. We find certain traits that form the character of the church. Some which have gone real silent in our modern day experience brings much tears, much pain. Because to some, we don't realize how far removed we are from what was handed down to us. 
some we don't recognize. Maybe our experience is foreign to what was given by the apostles to the generation of their time. To what was recorded in the Holy Scriptures. When we look at verse 41, we see a people who receive the word of God gladly. Came, they questioned. Some criticized at the worship experience. When Peter stood up and the other disciples, apostles stood up. And Peter began to preach. Criticism ceased for a moment. Some were still critical. But the devout men that came to the Feast of Pentecost, they listened to what Peter had to say. When they recognized that they had crucified their Messiah, they asked the question, what shall we do? Peter began to preach the message of repentance, the same message that Jesus came preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Peter preached repentance and pointing men to believe in the one who was sent, Jesus Christ. And 3,000 gladly received the word. That's one of the traits of the apostolic church. When it comes to the word of God, whether it cuts us works upon us, shows us how ugly we are, shows us what needs to be taken care of in our lives. Brethren, accept the word gladly. Because men know that we cannot fight against God's word. The apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, in his zeal for his religious beliefs, demanded that he be given the opportunity to fight against the church. But he was met by God on his way. And recognize that it was hard. It's impossible to fight against God. People gladly receive the word. 42 tells us that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Continued steadfastly. There was nothing new to discover. 
outside of which was given by Christ to the apostles, which was given by the apostles to the brethren who have been born in the church. They continued steadfast. The attitude, one of the trait of the church, steadfastness in the teaching of the apostles in the word of God. You recognize because of gladly receiving the word of God and continuing in the word, practicing the word, making the word a lifestyle. Bible said in verse 43, a deep sense of awe, fear fell on all the souls. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Deep sense of fear. Verse 45 tells us 44 tells us all the believers met together in one place. The church this time was in Jerusalem. All the believers near and far met together in one place. Shared everything they had. The trait now speaks to, to us about the unity amongst the believers. And the kindness, the love that was shown one for the other. We're unified. Not by rules given by men but by the love of God that was shed abroad in their hearts. Because the love of God demands unity. It teaches us to esteem each other more highly than ourselves. It teaches us how to serve others. It teaches us how, 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 to, how, to, how to love a brother even as Christ loved us. Hashem. People together sharing everything that they have. You know, we quickly glance over these things, but this was the attitude of the church. Everything the scripture says not what they thought they could have given, but everything as the need presented itself, they shared. Because the church understood that possession will take away a man's heart from God. So they were quick to give to others. Sold their property. 
and possessions and shared the money with those in need. We're not talking about wants. No, we're talking about need. A quick look on our brothers and our sisters' needs. Once we have the ability to assist with those needs, the church acted. There were no hoarders in the church of Jesus Christ. The spirit of covetousness had no place in the holy assembly. No man ever desired to keep back any portion and not answer to the need of a brother or a sister. How quite different it is in our experience today. We first ensure that we have much in reserve for ourselves, a portion that should not be touched, reserved for retirement, reserved for the rainy day. We're so spiritual. And we see the need of a brother or a sister. Instead of answering the need, we pray. That was not the experience of the church. You don't pray for things or pray about things that the word of God has commanded you to act on. Man needs $20 and it's $20 I have in my account. And I have my meal and have everything. All my needs are satisfied. I got to pull that $20 and give it to a man who is in need. That was the attitude of the church. I'm not about to get excited this morning. My heart is broken. My spirit is troubled. I'm repenting before God. The church did not have a plan for the future as it relates to being comfortable in this world. Oftentimes, theologians, biblical scholars will criticize the experience that was shared here. But we see the heart of God being manifested in the life of men. Because Jesus at him, Jesus at one point in time, when it was time to pay the taxes, in him everything consists. By his word, the world is held together. And at the time of tax, he was found penniless. Could not afford to give out of his pocket to pay the taxes what was needed. The 
talking about Christ Jesus. It took a miracle. Cast your line. The first fish that you pull up on that line. Stuck your finger in the mouth. And pull out that coin. And go render to Caesar. What must be given to him. Pay the taxes. We recognize from this text how much we're covered with a blanket of covetousness in the church. A blanket that has blinded us, covetousness. I sat in in my room this week just meditating on the Lord the thought came to me I found myself just repeating it aloud I believe in a gospel that has the potential to make you poor in this world confess it I believe in a gospel that has the ability to make you poor and I mean financially Poor in this world. I believe. But, but will reward you with riches in the world to come. I sat. Just reading this passage of scripture and begin to think about what will our answer be? Many of us have carved out our lives planning for the very last moment of our life. Every area is carefully analyzed. How much I need to retire. How much I need to make sure I can live a comfortable life. That I don't have to depend on any man. How much will I need if I become critically ill? What kind of insurance will give me a quality of life? Save me from certain things if I should experience those in my life. Because we're we're driven with this mentality, and this becomes the purpose of our life. Everything that concerns God in the church is relegated to the background. But I believe in a God who says no idolater, no covetous person will inherit the kingdom of God. What we don't recognize, brothers and sisters, is that right in the midst of the church, that if we don't move with the current 
of the spirit of the church. The Holy Ghost. If we are not driven in a lifestyle that's directed by the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't recognize brothers and sisters. That Satan has the ability to fill our hearts right in the pews. While we're clapping and singing. And don't understand that we're missing out. The experience of the church is either we are full up of the Holy Ghost or we will make room for Satan to fill our heart. We see another trait in the church in 46 and 47 tells us about the spirit of worship. They worship together. No man. No man was concerned about what the next man was wearing or how he sounded, where he's, is he from? They just worship freely together. Brothers and sisters, I'm not afraid to say it. If we carefully analyze this text, and reflect on our own experience. It would seem as if we are foreigners to the church experience, the Jesus experience that's recorded on the pages of God's word. Critical sometimes of one another. Man shouts hallelujah too loud. The next man is offended. Carnal. Man jumps with exuberance, emotional in his worship and his experience. And the next man is critical. It doesn't require all that. But what we don't understand that men act out in different ways when they understand how much they have been forgiven. It's just that some of us, we don't understand how much we have been forgiven 